Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is MBS Fitness Radio. What is up, everyone? This is David Allen with MBS Fitness. And today, the question is, are you fit? That's a hard question to answer. Maybe you're fit, maybe not. A lot of people think they're fit, and they're not. The reason it's a hard question to answer is because there aren't clear definitions of what fitness or what health is. When we uh, talk to new clients and they tell us that they want to be healthy and fit, and we ask them to give us some objective measurements to know when they are, uh, they don't have that. And that's because these are terms that are thrown around a lot that actually don't have any clear uh, or, um, or popularly understood, popularly understood definitions of what they are. So today, I want to do a couple things. One, I want to def- help you define what health and fitness really is. I'm going to talk about the co- consequences of uh, specialization. I'm going to talk about the difference between activity and exercise and how to actually set proper standards for fitness. So starting off, uh, one of the best definitions for fitness that I think people can understand is, is going back, I've talked about this before, it's what I call the health continuum or the health spectrum. It's the, it's the understanding that health is a measurement of the presence of of disease or dysfunction, okay? And that is a spectrum. The spectrum goes from sickness to wellness to fitness. So at the bottom end of the spectrum of health, we have what we call sickness. And this is either the presence of disease and or dysfunction. Sometimes these diseases and dysfunctions are not things that we have a whole lot of control over. You know, if you're born without a limb, you have dysfunction. That's not something you have a whole lot of control over, but... Um, for the most part, uh, we have control over where we fit on this spectrum. So if sickness is the presence of disease and dysfunction, then wellness is the absence of disease and dysfunction. And this is where most people sit. Uh, they're not currently dealing with high levels of disease and dysfunction, uh, in other words, they're, they're, they may not be currently dying of cancer. They may not be currently um, suffering from uncontrolled diabetes. They may not currently be dealing with back pain or um, extreme physical limitations that are keeping them from enjoying life. Um, but they're also not fit. And so what fitness is, is the resistance to disease and dysfunction. So across that spectrum, we have sickness, wellness, and fitness. Fitness being at the top, and it is the resistance to disease and dysfunction. Um, And we can measure this across a bunch of different metrics. So we could measure this in uh, a biometric like blood pressure. We, we, We can say, hey, like 120 over 80, that is what we consider wellness. You're, you're less likely to have any type of uh, cardiovascular issues. Um, or maybe we'd even say kind of 120 up to 130 over 80 to 85, right? We start getting like the 150s over 90. Now we're start, start, starting to kind of slide into the sickness position. And then on the higher side, maybe 110, 115 over 70, 
Now we're a little bit more in the fitness realm of things. So we can measure health across different metrics. These can be biometrics, things like blood pressure, things like A1C, things like body fat percentage. And we can also measure it across different performances or different what we call fitness capacities. So you can think of a capacity as uh, a different type of physical performance. So strength is a capacity. Mobility and flexibility is a capacity. Coordination is a capacity. Endurance is a capacity. These are all capacities. Um, And then we can apply or we can train different capacities across different skills. So a skill would be like a movement. It would be running. It would be jumping. It would be squatting, pressing, right? Uh, And so we we can measure health across different metrics uh, biometrics and across different performances. So we can sit there, sit there and say, Hey, we know that, uh, that the average human being should be able to deadlift at least their body weight. Okay. If you can't deadlift your body weight, you are more towards the sickness, uh, side of the spectrum of health. If you can deadlift your body weight or close to it, you're more in the wellness side. And if you can deadlift, you know, more than that double body weight or higher, now you're more fit. Uh, and that would be training or that would be measuring slash training the capacity of strength in the skill of deadlifting. And what I find interesting is that for the vast majority of um, fitness history, most people's fitness routines have just revolved around a single uh, type of exercise routine, a single training modality, what we call specialization. So for the longest time, you were either a runner or a bodybuilder or a powerlifter or you did aerobics or you did yoga. And these are all good things, but it really wasn't here till recently in the 2000s when someone said, you know what, uh, maybe we should focus on all these things because... If you think of all your fitness capacities like a like an EQ, an equalizer for music, uh, if you turn everything down, you, of course, uh, aren't going to get anything. Uh, you're going to get no noise. You're going to get nothing good. So if you do nothing, nothing good comes of it. If you push everything up, it's way too much noise. It blows the speakers, right? You have to have a balance between pushing things up and pushing things down. So for everything, there's a give and a take. For every um, movement or every capacity that you train, you have to sacrifice the capacities that you're not training. So if you completely focus on training one type of capacity, let's say that's running. You love running, but you don't like going to the the gym, or you don't like doing mobility, or you don't like weightlifting, you don't like like, uh, training flexibility. Where you're going to, uh, you would um, measure relatively high in the skill of running and probably in the um, capacity of, endurance. So in that sense, you would be at a high fitness level for that. But if we measured your strength, if we measured your uh, mobility, flexibility, if we measured your, your, um, your muscle mass on those things, you might be in the wellness or even in the sickness, uh, part of, uh, part of the spectrum. And so in that sense, uh, you couldn't say that you're fit. You could just say that you're a good runner. And that's what I mean when I say a lot of people, uh, would say they're fit, and they're really not. Um, for the longest time, I only powerlifted. That's what I did. 
uh, and I was really strong. So if you looked at my muscle mass and you looked at my strength, specifically in the squat, the bench, and deadlift, I was incredibly strong. I would be at the highest end of the fitness, um, uh, the highest end of the health spectrum measuring at a high fitness level. But my mobility was terrible. My body fat was terrible. I had high blood pressure, um, and I had terrible endurance. So in that sense, I was not healthy. I was sick. And it's not to say that, that being a specialist is bad. In fact, you know, we, um, being a specialist can be incredibly lucrative and, and incredibly rewarding. And when we look at the Olympics, I mean, we're looking at a bunch of people who are specialists, right? It's just the understanding that, that there is a sacrifice you make by being a specialist. And so if you choose to be a specialist, there's one of two things that, that, that we need to consider. One, uh, to what degree are we going to do it? In other words, if, if we are, do have the potential to be an incredibly high-level competitive athlete at this, um, then that's something we should consider. And also, what's the time frame? Because if you do that forever, if you're a specialist forever, at some point, the negative outcomes of specializing are going to pile up and they're going to come back and they're going to bite you in the ass. If all you ever do is run, at some point it's going to come back and bite you in the ass the fact that you didn't build any muscle and that you didn't build any strength and that your mobility and flexibility is bad. Likewise, if all you do is yoga because you love yoga, that's great. You're going to be able to move, but you're not going to be able to produce force. If you're like me and you said, hey, running's stupid, I'm not going to run, well, that's great unless you find yourself in the position where you actually need to run. And the reality is, in today's society, if you need to run, it's probably a life or death situation. And if you don't have that ability, you're going to die. And at that point, you'll have to kind of go back and look and really determine whether or not running is or is not stupid. So I say that to say this, <clears throat> is that... If you're going to be a specialist, absolutely do it. I was a specialist for a long time. I have no regrets about it. But it's the understanding that at some point, the trade-offs are going to have to be dealt with. And for most people, they're not going to be specialists their whole lives. You can't be a competitive powerlifter for your entire life. You usually can't be a competitive runner you know, for your entire life. At some point, you need to kind of find a little bit more balance um, and actually become healthy, and fit across all capacities. Part of the problem is that we as a society define, have a bad definition of what activity is and what exercise is. And so one of the things that we mess up is that we tell people to do activity as exercise. So, We'll tell someone, hey, you need to just go walk. Just go walk a couple of days a week or be active. Go out and garden. Gardening and walking are not exercise. They are activity. Exercise is pushing the boundaries of your current physical abilities. And activity is doing things within those boundaries. So, look, if you're 500 pounds, walking is probably exercise to you. But if you have the ability to walk and it doesn't uh, raise your heart rate very significantly, it doesn't push you, it doesn't create enough stress to cause adaptation, then walking is not exercise. The other problem is that we suggest exercise 
um, be a form of recreation. And so in that sense, you should only do the exercises that you enjoy. What do you like doing? Do you like doing yoga? Then do yoga. If you don't like running, then don't run. That is a false statement. Again, there's certain things that you'll probably have a predisposition to be better at and to enjoy more. That's not a good enough reason to not do the things that you're bad at. And in fact, I would suggest that it's an indication that you should do more of those things. From a mental and a physical development standpoint, you should do the things that you're bad at uh, that actually push you because, because the true measure of health isn't what you excel in. It's at the bottom portion. It's one of the things that you're not very good at. If you're... If you are, uh, if you are an, if you have incredible muscle mass and you're incredibly strong, but your body fat percentage is forty percent, and your A one C is off the charts, and your blood pressure is off the charts, and your cholesterol is off the charts, then the fact that you have a ton of strength and muscle mass is probably not going to save you from a heart attack. And if you love running and you're really good at running. And you run, 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 run all the time. But you don't have a significant amount of muscle mass or strength. And you get in a car wreck where you can't use your legs and you have to use your upper body to help yourself get around. Get around. You don't have any room to lose there. You don't, have, if you, you don't have the muscle mass to spare to save yourself from becoming incredibly weak and frail. And you don't have the strength to be able to move yourself around. So, the point of exercise is, yet yeah, there is a point to do something that you enjoy and something that you're good at. That is a good thing. But that can't be the only thing. And you can't only do activity and expect to get the benefits of exercise. And that's where the difference between uh, modern day standards of fitness and exercise versus realistic standards of fitness and exercise. Uh, the government, the uh, many, multiple health organizations usually prescribe some minimal amount of activity or exercises you should be doing every day. And a lot of times it is something like, hey, you just need to walk. Hey, you just need to walk. Just start walking. And that's all great. Like I said, I, I, if that's the first step you need to take, then that's great. Or we'll say uh, things like we recognize that a 30% BMI is, is considered obese. So anything below obesity is good. And my argument would be this. The metric or the standard for health performance is not based off of the average or uh, the slightly above average of a really unhealthy nation. The standard should be based off of potential, general human potential. One thing that I explained to my interns is, hey, if you want to watch what human potential actually is, from a movement standpoint, go watch a four or five year old. A four, watch a four or five year old play and move because they're going to have the capacities that every single person is born with. They can run, they can jump, they can carry, they can flip, they can pick things up, they can push, they can pull. 
They don't have um, limitation in their movement. They have complete freedom in their movement. And, of course, yes, they don't have as much endurance or, or, or force output, but that stuff will come. And then if you look, if you look at a 5-year-old compared to an 80-year-old, that 80-year-old does not pos- the average eight year old does not possess any of those qualities that that five year old has. That eight year old, a lot of times, has to have a chair to pick them up the stairs, or they have to have a mechanical chair to stand up. They physically can't stand up out of a chair. They have to have a little button on the side of the chair that pushes them up to a standing position. And as a society, we go, well, that's just kind of standard, and that's how it goes. Yes, that is how it goes, and that is standard. However, that is not human potential. Human potential is that at 80 years old, you can run, jump, play, move with all the same capacities, maybe not not to the same degrees as a five-year-old, but you can still do all that. If we look at at tribes or people in in non-modernized countries, um, the 80-year-olds still do all that. They squat to poop, they sleep on the ground, they run, they carry, they do these things that they were born with. They were born with these abilities and they die with those abilities. So that's the standard that we should be setting for people. Not just try to get outside and walk 20 minutes a day. Hey, look, that's step one. But if you're familiar with Dave Ramsey, the whole idea is not that, hey, do step one and then stop or just continue to do step one and be okay with that. Step one, the purpose of step one is to get you to step seven or whatever the, the final step is. The point of starting to walk is so eventually you, you can run or that you can carry or that you can jump or that you can do these things that you should be able to do from the very get-go. So what can we take from all that? Well, hopefully we've taken... We can take some more clear definitions of what actual health is, what actual fitness is. And we can understand the benefits and consequences to doing a training program that addresses multiple capacities and multiple skills and those that that just prioritize a single one. Finally, we can understand the difference between exercise and activity and be able to determine when we're doing which. Finally, we can understand what type of standards that we should set for ourselves and what type of standards that we should hold each other to. Because, look, I feel very comfortable looking someone in the face and saying, hey, step one is that you need to walk because that's what's necessary. But I also feel very comfortable sitting in front of someone and saying, hey, look, Walking's not enough. You have to do more. We as a society need you to be the best version of yourself. You need to be the best version of yourself. And the people around you need you to be the best version of yourself. And that best version of yourself isn't the one who stops at just walking. It's the one that pushes themselves and gets better every single day and holds themselves to their potential not to the standards of an overweight, unhealthy society. All right, go out and get it. MBS Fitness Radio, out. Thank you for listening to NBS Fitness Radio.
If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.